This is Travel Wise, the travel podcast for growth-hungry entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore travel, continuous learning, and the psychology of flow. Ready for takeoff? Ask me why. How can we ensure that travel leads to learning and growth? We often hear about travel being transformative, transformational. And the main reason I even started this podcast was because I believe travel has this powerful potential to help further our expansion. But the truth is, not all travel leads to learning. In fact, most people's trips probably do not. That's why I was so excited to sit down and have this conversation with Aubrey from Actuality Abroad. Aubrey promotes a concept she calls learning-led travel, but I will let you hear it directly from her. What is learning-led travel? So of course there are a lot of ways that you can experience a destination, right? And so I think of learning led travel as both an intention and also a filter. So setting an intention helps me get clear on why I'm traveling in the first place. Why am I leaving home and going someplace new? And when you travel to learn, you're choosing to be profoundly curious and to view the people that you meet and the environments that you're in and the activities that you engage in as each your teachers, usually informally, but that's a shift in mindset that changes everything. And I also consider it a filter in a way to help make decisions. So if I'm traveling just to work, then perhaps I'll make decisions that allow me for the most efficiency. If I'm traveling to gather, I want to best facilitate being with the other people. If I'm traveling to escape, I want to make sure not to bring any of my daily routine with me in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I travel to learn, I make decisions that will give me the best education. So I choose accommodations that enable conversation and connection with the people who live there. And I dine at restaurants or cafes or food stalls that teach me something about where I am. And I seek out activities that reflect how real people live or lived. Now that we know what learning-led travel is all about, I was curious to hear how Aubrey came up with this idea. It was interesting to me to discover how Aubrey's origin story involved her work as a documentary filmmaker and an interest in activism for political and social causes. And while I have to say that we probably would not agree in many of our political conclusions, I have to say I really do admire, respect, and absolutely agree with the idea that travel gives us an opportunity to think about reflect, and make changes that we want to see in the world around us. Certainly, traveling internationally gives us an opportunity to explore different cultures, different governments, different approaches for organizing society and relationships among people. So as you listen to Aubrey's story, 
whatever your own political beliefs may be. I hope you find something in that story that will inspire you to reflect upon the causes that you wish to activate and how you can use travel to help make the changes that you want to see in the world. My background is in filmmaking mm-hmm. and it was my work in documentary storytelling that led me to travel. So about a decade ago, I was trying to find innovative ways to tell stories about change makers or social entrepreneurs. And uh, looking to my past experiences that I had in film school, I came up with the idea to create a study abroad program that connected emerging filmmakers to local change makers in order to produce short films about the good ideas happening in communities around the world. And so we called that program our documentary outreach. So we started with the primary purpose to tell stories about change makers, but we realized that the biggest impact we were having was on the student filmmakers themselves. Mm-hmm. Because when you truly connect with people or places or perspectives that are different, it changes you. So there's something really incredible about experiencing a destination by listening to the stories of its people. And that's exactly what a documentary production process forces you to do. And so I realized along the way that because our students were very intentionally traveling to learn, it opened them up to having new experiences, considering alternative points of view, and understanding more deeply what it meant to be human. And many of our students changed the entire trajectory of their life because of their experience on a documentary outreach. So now my work is focused on expanding this circle of intentional travelers who never stop learning. And my current project is developing micro study abroad experiences for adults to learn things like peace building or sustainable ecology or indigenous feminism from local experts, leaders, and change makers. I'm definitely going to want to hear more about this current work you're doing, but can you even just share some stories, especially as a documentary filmmaker? I'm sure there are a lot of stories. I'd love to just hear some of the examples of, you mentioned that students went on these experiences and their lives were forever changed. Can you give us some stories of that? Sure. So one time I was leading a trip to Nicaragua and one of my travelers was an American man just recently graduated from college. And this trip was a pretty bold move for him. Uh, It was the first time he traveled outside of his country and Nicaragua was considered a kind of risky place for him to go um, from the perspective of his own community. And he was was from a part of the states that isn't very diverse and prior to this trip he really didn't have any relationships with other people who lived differently than he did. So over the course of his trip he met and got to know a group of Nicaraguan college students who were doing activism work around safe and affordable housing for families living in the slums um, outside of Managua. And they became friends that the student traveler and these Nicaraguan students and they stayed in touch for long after the traveler returned home 
And he later told me that because of his experience in Nicaragua, it completely changed his perspective of what it meant to be Central American. And so he could no longer listen to other people back home make disparaging, generalized comments about those people over the border because he knew some of them. And he understood a little bit what it was like to be Nicaraguan. And once you have an experience that shifts your perspective around a particular group of people, it becomes that much easier to develop empathy for other groups of people that might be different from yourself. Another example that I was thinking of was when I was leading this trip in Southeast Asia and we were traveling from Laos to Cambodia. And we had this long bus ride. And before the bus ride that would take us into Cambodia, into the city of Siem Reap, one of my travelers picked up a memoir from just a local shop. But the book was written by a woman who was born in Cambodia and then became a refugee as a child. And that traveler could have picked up any book to read on the trip, but she wanted to learn more about what it was like to be Cambodian. So she chose that one. And the book ended up being the story of the Khmer Rouge genocide in Cambodia in the 1970s from the perspective of a girl who lived through it, although she lost many of her family members. And my traveler was shocked. Like she considered herself pretty well educated, but she had never heard of it. And 2 million people were killed, 25% of their entire population. It would be like going to Germany and not knowing about the Nazis or what they did. Mm -hmm. So this experience brought up a lot of questions for her, like, why have I never heard about this? What else do I not know about? And how does this relatively recent history affect the way that Cambodia is now and the struggles of the people that, 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 that live there, what they have? And how does it change the way I understand this place? And so it was a, you know, it was just a, a random chance, maybe not so random, but that she chose to pick up that book, but mm -hmm. it completely changed the course of that trip for her. Can you say more about that? Because any of us could go to the library and pick up a book. And this is something that I certainly advocate and try to practice in my life to always try to expand my horizons to say, what, what are these subjects in history that I barely know anything about? But I'm always curious about how we go beyond just the page to the actual embodied experience of what it's like to be in that country, to be in that place where these things happen. Can you say anything more about what happened to this particular traveler? What was the difference of actually having feet on the ground in that location? Sure. So I know that relatively soon after that, when we were we were touring around and 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 seeing the sights and stopping in shops. And we we went into this art gallery and it was a Cambodian artist who had some really beautiful mixed medium installations so up sort of all up over the wall. And we noticed that there was this theme throughout the all the artwork. There was this kind of quote through it and it was, without color, people die. And it, I remember we had this conversation with 
with this traveler and it sort of like resonated with her on a really deep level because of some illustrations that they made in this book that she read. In the, in the book that she read, there was this very vivid image of where they, the girl took her Chinese New Year dress, the red dress that she had for the celebration and the Khmer Rouge burned it. And they gave everyone black pajamas to wear for the period of their confinement. And then there was another very specific image towards the end of the book when they were finally rescued by the Vietnamese and they gave her a blue uh, outfit to wear. And so there was this very distinct difference between the, this, this time of horrific genocide and it being colorless. And then she made that, and then, then that was reinforced in this artist's gallery that she would never mm -hmm. have stumbled upon or she mm -hmm. never would have been exposed to unless she was there in the environment um, and able to sort of make those connections. So even though she could read, she may have found this book in the library and she may have had this story, the impact of what it means to have your identity and your culture stripped from you became that much more real when this artist who was of an age to have experienced this event brought it so vividly into his art. Next, I was curious to hear more about how to practice learning lead travel. Maybe some insights that any of us can take to improve our own travel experiences. So much of learning lead travel is about meeting people who live in your destination and listening to their stories. So this comes down to putting yourself in environments where you can connect with others and then just being friendly and curious. And some like very practical examples would be where you choose to stay. I'm a big fan of Airbnb, but I have found that particularly when I seek out those private Airbnbs, I don't meet anybody. And so I'm much more likely to find a family run guest house and then make a point of engaging with everybody that works there, asking them questions about who they are, where they're from, how many kids they have, what they like doing on their days off. And in that just basic human engagement, I begin to learn about them and also from them. Learning is not one-sided. So when you're really having a learning experience, it's collaborative and both people or all of the people involved are benefiting from the exchange. So in some ways, when you show up as a learner, even though you can consider the people that you meet as your teachers, they are also learning from you and there's value in that exchange. What that value is will be specific to each and every individual one. But I guess it's, it's the idea that as much as you are hoping to get from a interaction, you have to be willing to give. And then I also think that the the real power in learning lead travel is how you bring it home to your own community. So what lessons can you learn from people who are different and then how can you apply that at home? Whether it means challenging your prejudices and bias of people who are different from you that live nearby or 
how you could bring a problem-solving mindset to address the issues that are of a concern in your neighborhood. In order to experience any growth, we need to be confronted with things that challenge our idea of what is or how things are supposed to be or our understanding. And then in grappling with that confrontation or that, or that challenge, in order to make space for it in our mind, we have to grow. And the more often we go through that experience, the easier it becomes for us and also the easier it is to help others along that path. And so if our part of our purpose as humans is to learn and to grow, practicing that as often as possible throughout our life is beneficial not just to us, but for the others in our community. Aubrey's travel company is called Actuality Abroad. And I was curious to learn more about the work that they do. Actuality Abroad is a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Before the pandemic, I was primarily running these documentary outreach programs. And I had known for a few years that we wanted to grow to include a wider audience of travelers, but there just wasn't the time or the space or the bandwidth to be able to consider what's really possible. So when all travel stopped in March 2020, we had months really to sit back and think about what we wanted the next phase of our work to be. And in that process of research and writing and interview and like intellectually testing ideas, we sort of realized that there was a lot of offerings out there for students to do educational travel. And there were a fair amount of opportunities for retirees to do luxury educational travel. But there was very few options for working professionals to continue their lifelong learning through travel in any organized way. There's lots of group tours, like don't get me wrong, but studying abroad is different. You're not traveling with a group just for companionship or just because it's a more economical alternative. When you study abroad, you want the educational group dynamic to be able to support you in your learnings. So just like when we were getting started with our documentary outreaches and we were trying to find ways to make connections, we, we wanted to connect certain groups of people so that in the coming together, they could have a kind of synergy, have something greater, like, you know, greater than the sum of its parts. And that's what we want to do with these micro study abroad programs. We want to bring together a group of like-minded travelers who are uniquely interested in learning more about something important, whether it be peace or whether it be climate change or whether it be human rights. And as a group, then pay our attention to experts and leaders and change makers in a specific community and all together 
create a synergy so that we can come away better or come away even better equipped to tackle the problems in our own communities. Beyond the mission and goals of Actuality Abroad, I thought it would even be helpful for all of us to hear a specific example of one of their trips and exactly what happens. And one of the experiences that we are just about to release, um, it's called Peace Building in Lebanon. And Lebanon is a very small country. So in the course of just a week, we can visit a few different communities um, from one end of the country to the other. And Lebanon has this unique history or this unique place in the world, because even though there are folks of many different types of religions, they've lived together largely peacefully for a long time, which is not the case in, their, in, in, in other countries in the region. So the Lebanese have something to teach us about what it means to live and thrive amongst difference. So over the course of the trip, our group of travelers will be meeting with both experts and activists that are working towards solving problems in their own community, largely around conflict. And hopefully, as a group of travelers, we can ask questions and discover motivations and learn from their processes so that we can take some of their experiences back home and apply them in both personal and professional and community relationships where we could use a little more peace. The more I've learned about the work of Actuality Abroad, I've noticed a pattern that their trips seem to revolve around a theme. I was curious if that was a conscious decision on the part of Aubrey and the organizers, if perhaps that was a strategy that we also could use to think about organizing our own trips around a theme. Yes, it's very much a conscious decision to have a theme. That goes back to sort of having an intention for all the trips. What is it that we want to get out of this? And also I have found that my travels are a lot more satisfying when it is framed by a specific purpose. I mean, it's nice to go and, and wander through a, a region of the world and just see what comes upon me or to see what I can stumble upon, I guess. But when I go with an intention or with a purpose or with a, it's not so much an agenda, but it's just an energy it allows me to have some synchronicity in the experience. I guess the ability to let your mind wander and to make sort of more random generalized connections is valuable in its own way. But if, if I wanna make progress, in my skills or my knowledge about something, I need to have focused attention on it. Plus, that's one thing. The other thing is that the way that we build the trips, the way that we are building these new micro study abroad programs 
is we are partnering with local tour operators who are deeply connected in their community. They have a social entrepreneurship lens about the, the beneficial power of, of tourism. And so we're also asking them and saying, what do you have to teach us? What do the Guatemalans have to teach us as a group of travelers? And how can we build an experience around that? So the themes are not random. The themes are chosen based on what expertise we have access to in each of the destinations. I love asking my guests about exercises and tools, what they have personally found helpful. So I couldn't wait to hear from Aubrey about her favorite exercises to inspire all of us to have more learning-led travel. My favorite exercise to support my learning-led travel is intention setting. Literally sit down and think about why are you taking this trip? What do you hope to experience, accomplish, or learn? You can even make a list of what you would like to include in your journey and also what you want to avoid. And this can be done on a real general bird's eye view level, or you can get extremely specific. Either way, the point is to narrow your focus on what you think is important and then be able to prioritize it. We're coming up already on the end of the episode, but I wanted to make sure to give Aubrey a chance to express any last thoughts, any further ideas she'd want to make sure to share before we go. One of the things that really motivates my work is this idea that there are change makers everywhere. So a lot of times I travel to what we consider the global south and many countries that are typically only viewed through the lens of poverty. But there are change makers there. There are individuals who are identifying problems in their communities and then doing everything within their power to find sustainable ways to address it. And it's working. That's originally what motivated our documentary outreach program was to tell these stories of change makers. And a lot of people are interested in giving back in their travels or, have, or having their travels have some kind of positive in, impact or contribution. And I think that one way as travelers that we can have a really amazing positive impact is by when we arrive in a destination, paying our attention to those change makers. And so if we can go out of our way to say, I think that this change maker's work is valuable. And then we can share that on our social media. We become a promoter now, all of us are promoters of the things that we value. What do we want to promote? Do we want to promote yet another all-inclusive resort with beautiful cabanas and views? That's lovely. But we could use our power and our privilege and our influence to promote the change makers. And I don't think that that is something that's happening enough in the travel space yet. Now, I will say that with one caveat, that I 
am personally very protective of any endeavors having to do with children. And that I think that travelers should avoid experiences that disrupt the day in and day out life of children that live in the area. They're not, they're not able to consent to those kinds of experiences. So it's a bit of a balancing act to find meaningful experiences that allow you access to the work of local change makers, but that also aren't exploiting any vulnerable people that are there too. Now, I hope you've gotten some valuable takeaways to help you learn better through your next travels. We'll wrap up this episode with Aubrey telling you how you can find out more if you want to follow up or connect with her and Actuality Abroad. Well, you can visit us on the web at actualityabroad.org and the best way to stay connected would be to sign up for our digital newsletter called Wandering Discourse. It's published every two weeks and it includes a variety of content across the web on how to human better. Is that your catchphrase? <laughs> it is for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Oh, thank you very much for the time and the opportunity. And I do hope we see a world where more and more people, not just senior citizens, not just children, but adults of all ages, do take this opportunity to think about travel as a way to learn and grow. I mean, it's a little, it's a little overused these days, but I really believe that travel can change the world, but we have to change the way that we travel. This episode may be done, but you can always find more travel ideas and opportunities at Delve Travel. Just visit delvetravel.com. The adventure continues. Ask me why.